We're getting back on track here with Catherine and Emily, but as you know, we won't stay there for long because this is the Going Off Track podcast. Hello, hello, and welcome to the Going Off Track podcast. I'm Catherine, that's Emily, and we are finally, finally, finally done with the sprints for the season. Thank done. goodness. We're done. We're done. It's, it's done. We can move on. We can forget about this awful format and hope that next year's sucks less. Or they just don't have it at all if you're Max Verstappen and, you know, don't want sprints anymore. So I mean, I personally don't think he's wrong. Like, everyone, everyone is saying, like, Max won most of the sprint races, but he wants them gone. That sounds weird. And it's like, because they're... Of course he's going to keep winning shitty races. It's just... It's the principle. It's it's dumb. We don't like them. Get rid of them. Like no. I understand it adds more action to the weekend, whatever. But it's stupid. I don't like them. <laughs> Get rid no, of them. and like some some drivers were talking about how they they liked it because it kind of breaks up the monotony because it's you know three hours of free practice qualifying race. Well, then change up the qualifying structure or not the qualifying okay. structure, the practice structure. Yeah. Lots of things we could do with um, the structure, the format, but for this season, we're done. We don't have to talk we about are. sprints nope. until next year. <laughs> Thank yep. Goodness. When they so. when they unveil the sprint schedule, and we yeah. decide, and, and we and we and we just and we discover which races are preemptively going to be incredibly mediocre. Well, yes and no. If they do change up the sprint format to actually be relevant and exciting, oh, yeah. I'm all for it. But until they can nail down that structure, then I just don't want any part of it. We should just boycott yeah. these races, the sprint races. Just absolute boycott. Because if, if people don't tune in, it's like, oh, it's not working. We need to fix it. And it's like, yes. Yeah. So I will personally be doing my part in boycotting sprints unless they fix the format. That's my promise to <laughs> the world. Yeah. Okay. Uh, we'll we'll see. We'll see. We'll see how that goes over once we once we get to an actual sprint race for twenty twenty four, and we'll see if I have to find a temporary co host for the sprint races. No, you're just gonna have to completely recap Saturday. I will not participate in the recap of Saturday. Oh well. Okay, that's fine. <laughs> I'm just kidding. <laughs> Brilliant. Well, we oh. will discuss that in the off season, which is oh. coming up way sooner than I like. I know. I can't believe that Vegas is two weeks away because I feel like we keep talking about Vegas. And I saw a picture, video, reel, something of like their their pit building. And they're like, it looks so good. I'm like, this looks like a rendering. This doesn't even look done yet. Like, this is not real life. You guys are not prepared. Where's the track? <laughs> like, I'm so... Yeah just like worried like I have stress and anxiety and hives for everyone with anything to do with Vegas it's just like we have a week and then it's Vegas and it's and it's not even a full two weeks because we race on a Saturday not a Sunday it's just oh my gosh it's gonna be crazy yeah I still think that, that it's so dumb we're racing on a Saturday night at like midnight just to you know appease the rest of the world it's like then what's the point but whatever 
I digress. Yeah, it's 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 gonna be a it's gonna be a late night for us. We will be recording our recap on Sunday, no matter what, and the uh, recap episode for the Vegas Grand Prix will still be out on Monday because we are not going to be recording in the middle of the night. No, we will not. No. Um, yeah, not well, into it. With that, I feel like we keep bringing up Vegas and partly because I'm so obsessed with how much of a disaster it's going to be personally. Yeah. My personal thoughts. But with that, let's hop into our hot lap recap of the Brazilian Grand Prix. We will get to Vegas in a few weeks. (laughs) So to start... We had a sprint, but nobody cares about that. Um, on race day, Charles Leclerc foreshadowed a chaotic beginning to the race when his Ferrari uh, failed halfway through the formation lap. The poor guy. Oh my gosh, I know. I saw that and I was like, oh, no, please, please no. And sure enough, he retired before even starting the race. We have another Second DNS. time in four races for oh Ferrari. Gosh. Poor guy. And then we get to like not even the first corner and Mag- K-Mags and Alex Albon, there's a collision. Hulk is also kind of in there as well. A tire goes flying. That hits the rear wing of Daniel Ricciardo. And Oscar Piastri causes damage. There's so much debris, and we get a red flag. Yeah. And then Max Verstappen on the second start of the race ran away with it for race win number 17, which he celebrated by singing in his car on the way to the pit lane. Classic Max. Last week it was a sombrero. This week it's singing. Quite the celebrations from from that kid. Um, And then what looked like was going to be a possible, you know, strong race from Mercedes was absolutely not. They just kept tumbling down in the standings, and it was a... Really disappointing day for for Mercedes. Yeah. But to light up the end of the race, because the middle was really kind of meh, Fernando Alonso and Sergio Perez had the fight of their lives going into that last lap, and Alonso held off Perez by five hundredths of a second for his first podium since Zandvoort. And, you know, you really have to see pictures just to, to understand how close they were at that finish line because, you know, the, the broadcast really just does not show you just how close they were no that last lap with those two was so great with them like fighting it out and like Checo going in front of Alonzo and then Alonzo getting it back and then just racing down to the the checkered flag it was a pretty exciting finish to the race yeah, that is that is absolutely what what you want to see. And I did ask in our predictions episode for excitement from Perez. Um, I expected it to be with Hamilton. I did not get it with Hamilton. I got it with Alonso, which is actually kind of even better. Speaking of our predictions podcast, we also were you know saying how it's sad that we're only putting Alonso in P ten now. Well, you probably won't pick him for a podium anymore because Aston Martin just keeps going backwards and. Here we are eating our words. So Fernando, <laughs> Fernando must have heard us, and he took that personally. Um, and You're I welcome Aston Martin. <laughs> I, I think it also goes to to show you just how important it is to qualify, because um, I, I, you know, I don't know how well this would have gone for him had he not, you know, ended up qualifying P four, and the fact that Lance is just not as strong of a, a driver in that Aston Martin. Um, but yeah, that was that was a lot. That was a fun big highlight of the weekend speaking of Lance Stroll I didn't know it's not in our uh, hot lap recap but at one point I was like wait is he actually going to get a podium <laughs> like I know, he, I know he lucked out getting p3 and qualifying because of the weather red flag but 
at the same time, I was like, wait, he's, like, still there. Is he actually going to pull this one out? Uh, but he did not. His teammate did, so. Still yeah. Still for Aston Martin, but it just wasn't Stroll, so. Mm-hmm. Yeah. He did finish P5, so he, he, he also had a solid day. That was still a solid in the point points. Haul. Still in the points. Yeah, for a team that's been kind of, you know, really falling backwards, um, a double points day, especially when, you know, Ferrari had a DNS and Carlos didn't have the best day. Um, it's some solid points for them. Yeah. Carlos, unfortunately, was dealing with a clutch issue, among other things. Um, and he, he said on the radio that he, he very much wanted to uh, chuck that into the trash once they got back to Marinello. Um, and I just love how his race engineer was like, we get it, but can you not talk about this on the publicized radio for can everyone to talk hear? about this later? <laughs> yeah. I know. Oh, God. Sometimes the things that will be said on, like, the, the open feed or whatever – it's just so good. And speaking of that, like, listening to George complain. Oh, my God. All day long. I was like, this is why I don't like him. This is why. He's worse than Hamilton now. Yeah, he's, he's definitely had his moments. I just, uh, he, I, I loved how he had that that moment of, like, are, are we working together as a team or not? And his race engineer is like, we're talking about it. And then, like, two seconds later, he got over, uh, Perez overtook him for, for that position and ended up splitting uh, Hamilton and, and Russell anyway. So it was completely moot point. But I was just like, oh, boy, this is, this is really, like, I, I didn't expect it to be, like, you know, they, they kind of like tempered expert expectations about how they, they thought that this race was going to go. And Toto even said, like, don't get too excited um, about this weekend. But I didn't expect it to be this bad. Well, and I don't think Toto did either. Because <laughs> he no. came out after and said, like, this performance was unacceptable. <laughs> it's not yeah. okay. <laughs> he, he said, whatever we did to the car this week was horrible, and this car is not a car that deserves a win. And, yeah. and Lewis is, is even counting down the, the laps until he no longer has to drive the W14. Like, it's, it's bad. Yeah. But I think... I, but I still think they're making good strides for next year. Oh, absolutely. 100%. So, and, but, like, no one really cares about this season. Any, well, they do for constructors and, like, the money piece of it. But from a, like, upgrade Well, Lewis is still fighting, fighting for P2. Right, right, right. Of course. But I think from, like, overall, everyone's kind of looking towards next year rather than still bringing upgrades for the last few races. Yeah, like, obviously they have a couple of, of things to look out for. Lewis fighting Checo for P2. But the the real, you know, trying to grab as many points as possible efforts are really coming from further down. You know, the, the, the teams that are, you know, 7, 8, 9, 10 um, are really fighting to, to grab onto as many points as possible so that they can finish as high as possible so they can get that money from the prize pool. Yes, exactly. All that money. All those tens of millions of dollars that they are going to get. Which is insane, like, if mm-hmm. you think about it. So that's why Danny's win, or not win, but Danny's really good drive last week was so important because that really catapulted Alphatari. Um, Yuki drove really well this weekend for them as well. Yeah, he so. did. I was, he overtook Hamilton at one point, I think. Yeah, I think uh, the first start, before the red flag there's just kind of mass chaos because he gained i think Mm -hmm. six spots um right before 
it was red flagged, which is, you know, helpful. Um, yeah. But yeah, it was, it was a wild, wild first, first corner. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, so. but really, before we get into that, I, I have the, the standings. I, I pulled them up real quick. We've got mm-hmm. Williams, they have 28 points, and Alphatari is behind them um, with 21 points. So Williams's goal is to hold on to P7 in the championship, and Alphatari's goal is to ruin Williams's day. Um, and then, you know, Alpha Romeo and Haas are, you know, 9 and 10, and they're probably not going to get out of there. Uh, Alfa Romeo had a nightmare day. Haas also had a nightmare day. Um, but the the battle for P7 is one of those kind of under-the-radar um, constructors battles that I think is um, going to be really close down, down the stretch and is also going to be – is going to have a big impact for next year. Well, I think the thing that's interesting in that fight is, if you think about it, Williams really only has one driver that's battling for points, because Sargent, I mean, he got one point by, you know, the double disqualification, Yeah. so by default he got a point. Albon's scored every other point for them this season, and AlphaTauri has shown that they have two drivers that can score points, so, you know, it just depends on how... The cars are looking, how the drive is going. Vegas, I feel like, is just going to be an absolute shitstorm. Yeah. Um, brand new track. It's just going to be a nightmare. So who knows what's going to happen in Vegas. But I think AlphaTauri has a really good shot to to overtake Williams. Yeah, and I also think that one one thing that they're they're kind of talking about is um, the weather in Vegas, and not the weather because of rain, but the weather because it's going to be significantly colder than any race that we've had in months, maybe yeah. even all year. Because um, it's, it's a night race in the desert, and you drop temperatures so quickly at night. And it's going to be really dry. Mm-hmm. It should be interesting. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm very curious to see how the, how the, t- how the poor drivers are going to handle it, and if they're going to you know, freeze their little heinies off of the cars. or yeah, um, no if, idea. Yeah, I, I think that that's going to be really, that's going to be an, an interesting layer to what's coming in two weeks. I agree. Well, let's, if you don't mind, maybe get back to Brazil. <laughs> yeah, I know. Love this. <laughs> Love this for us, but somehow we always get back to Vegas. But going back <laughs> to the Brazilian Sao Paulo Grand Prix, um, it got extended. So we will have this on the calendar through twenty. 20 or through 2030 which is exciting I like this track a lot I know it's short I know it's like kind of you know wild but I love how easy it is to overtake and there's so much action yeah I really like I really like this track a lot yeah I I think that they 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 made a great call in deciding to extend the contract. Like, yes, this is a, a track where, as you said, the laps are really quick. It's it's one of, like, the top three quickest on the calendar. Um, and that leads to basically half the field being overtaken by the, the leaders. Like, there was one point where Max was driving ahead of Ocon, who was P10. Mm-hmm. Um, so, so yes, you have, you know, half the field kind of overtaken and everything gets mixed up. Um, but it's very exciting. Sometimes the weather throws a curveball and you're qualifying. Um, and I, I think that, that it's, we're, we're going to see some really excited races, exciting races to well I think it's really interesting that they hold Brazil this time of the year because like November December living in South America 
um, and just having gone to Brazil, like, it's rainy season. When I was in Brazil last year in December, I was there for, like, a week and a half, and I think it was torrential downpour every day except for one, and then it was misting that one day. And, Mm. like, it goes from, like, torrential downpour to, like, kind of sunny torrential downpour. The weather is just... You never know what you're going to get. So I think it's interesting that they hold it during, like, their wet, rainy season. Um, but it is interesting to see how that plays into it with the whole weekend, especially especially a sprint weekend. Yeah. Um, but it is it is an interesting place to to have a GP because of the weather. Yeah. I, uh, Rubens Barrichello, who's a former F1 driver, um, who is from Brazil, he was he was in the paddock over the weekend and he was doing a lot of stuff with F1 TV. And he's like, yeah, you know, uh, the weather can change on a dime. The, the rain can be very specifically coming down in one location. Um, and, you know, you, you go you go a little ways away and it's gone. And it's it's just I, it's just kind of a I guess it's a fact of life living living down there. Yeah. Uh, and it's just it's fascinating. Well, because it all comes from the rainforest. It just, like, pushes oh, out. What a concept. What a concept, right? But yeah. um, I've been taking weather and climate since my freshman year of college. I <laughs> so. took severe and hazardous weather, too. Mine was intro to weather and climate um, because that was the class that everybody took. So I was, it was me and about 700 other people. Oh, my gosh. I took severe and hazardous weather one, two, and three. I'm a certified storm spotter. <laughs> nice oh I'm such a loser that's how I got my like minor in geology because those technically counted as like somehow geology classes anyways any I digress but it was really going off track going off track let's acknowledge there was a sprint race sprint (laughs) I actually do want to talk about sprint qualifying really quick because I think this is one of the issues with the format is I'm sorry the sprint shootout um which is like qualifying but shorter um but they've they've made especially the the um sq3 portion so short that there's no point in doing two laps yeah like they they spent five of the what eight minutes just sitting in the garages and so i'm sitting here like I, I, I woke thumbs. up. I will. I woke up at seven o'clock on a Saturday to watch Max Verstappen sit in a garage for for five minutes. Um, and you know, I I I love I love the the one lap shootout. Love it. But if they can make the format of that, you know, period of time better next season, yeah. they really need to do that and just do it to make it where you have that excitement of them doing the outlaps, doing their their lap, and, you know, Max was P2, and then you had Lando, who just had a blasting mega lap. Um, so to do something that will make SQ3 less boring is something that they really should be looking out for when they're considering how they're going to format the sprints next week, next season. Well, yeah, because they were saying how and I might be wrong on this, but the AlphaTauri's had, like, more softs than any other team, but mm-hmm. they can't even, it doesn't even matter, because you can't yeah. do, you know, a, an outlap and a flying lap, and then get into the pit, change, and do that over again, like, you don't have enough time. Yeah, I, it, it's, there's, there's too much time for what is, is essentially just, like, it, it, it's at the point where you might as well just let them all go one at a time, do an outlap, yeah. do a fast lap, and just wait. Yeah, no, I completely agree. And the timing is off, for sure. Yeah. But, so anyway. So qualifying was boring, per usual. Yeah. Max, Max ran, ran away with, with the sprint. 
Sorry, Lando. Lando was really, really tough on himself considering he, he, you know, did finish P2. Um, he was like, he, he really wants that win. It's, it's coming. Um, and he was really, really tough on himself that he didn't make it happen in the sprint. I have a hot take though. I feel like McLaren is not going to get it right next season again at the beginning and they're going to have to like do a bunch of catch up again. This is a hot take. I feel like Lando's first win is not going to come at McLaren. Ooh, that is a hot take. Yeah. And I'm, I'm, I, I'm going to have to make a note of this portion of the episodes that when Matt, when Lando does get his first win, we can reference this and see if you were wrong or if you were right. I'm, but I, I hope like I'm it. wrong. Like, I hope I'm wrong. I hope he wins Vegas. You know, like we've all been Lando's number one supporter for, I feel like everyone has, you know, we're all team papaya when it comes to Lando, but I just feel like there's just something there that's just not click. I, I don't know why, but I feel like in my, I have a gut feeling that, his first win will not be at McLaren. So either he leaves after his contract or he'll never win a race. I just, I don't know. I just don't know why. I just feel it in my bones. It's just not going to happen. I'm never right about anything though. So it'll probably, I'll be wrong. I hope I'm wrong, but that's my hot take. Yeah, it's like that joke that he made that he's going to retire after his first win. Yeah. Um, and, and somebody had a meme of, like, a, a very old person getting out of a car, like Lando after his, his first F1 victory. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, so it was it was Max P1, Lando P2, Checo had a, had a really good weekend. He finished P3 in the sprint, uh, yeah. and the sprint was over. I mean, there were, there were a lot of good overtakes. Um, it was fine, but it's, it's over now. Well, there were only good overtakes because it was at Interlagos. Like, oh, that's yeah. the only reason why. Now, mm-hmm. I will say this. I think the sprints at the shorter tracks are more exciting mm-hmm. and more interesting because there's more action. Whereas, you know, some of the other tracks where it's impossible to overtake, then why do we have a sprint? Like, what's the point? If you only have 19 laps or whatever, what's yeah. the point of doing a sprint? Because nothing's going to happen. So when you have, like the Red Bull ring and Interlagos where it's shorter. I think those ones cater more to a sprint race because it's more interesting. They're shorter. You can overtake a little bit more easily. I think I like that. Yeah, I I agree with that. The Uh, only thing I I liked about the sprint was that it was on a track where you can overtake easily. So it was a little bit more exciting. The only yeah, good thing I, I, I'll say about it. I also think that, you know, tw- I think I liked it better because it was 24 laps. Um, you know, because yeah, it's a shorter it track, they had, to, they had to make it longer to make it 100 kilometers. Um, and I, I, you know, I, I think that that made it better too. No, I Hot agree. Take. Okay. We're done talking about sprints for the rest of the season now. <laughs> I won't do that Until anymore. our season recap. Uh, fine. Fine. Really so going quick. into the race, yeah, going into the race, and also before the race, so for those of you who didn't watch, which hopefully you did, but Quali was red flagged, we mentioned that earlier, for weather, so weather yeah. went from like 0 to 12,000 super quickly, the grandstand caved in, like it yeah. was horrible, so we they were driving around and um, Alonzo was like, um, it's like it's night out, and it was like the yeah. middle of the afternoon. Um, so horrible weather. They stopped it because it was not safe or 
change in climate, I think they said, was the official Change in term. climactic conditions. Change in climactic conditions. Thank you for correcting that. Which I was like, lol. Um, yeah. But yeah, it went from like 0 to 12,000 super quickly. So qualifying in um, Q3 was cut short. So it kind of was a really weird grid, let's say. Strolls yeah. are into P3. Let's just put that out there. Um, but Charles Leclerc qualified P2, which, you know, exciting for him. And then on the formation lap, he, um, had car failure and ended up in the wall and didn't even start. Yeah, he, he was supposed to make a turn and he went straight on instead because he lost, he, he lost steering, um, among other things. He, he didn't, he said that he didn't want to talk about what actually did happen until he talked to the engineers, uh, after the race, but, uh, he, he went straight when he was not supposed to go straight and oops, oops, big oops. Uh, so that is, you know. The second yeah. time that Ferrari's lost a car before <laughs> we've started a race in the last few GPs, Carlos um, lost his car in Qatar. Yes. So, uh, yeah, you know, just great things coming out of Ferrari these days. Yeah. I love, he was asked um, when he first became aware of the issue, and he was like, when I couldn't turn the car. Uh, and then he just went on this like awkward walk, and obviously, like, the camera kept like cutting back to him. So we don't really know what it was like, but it just, it felt like he was lost walking through the grass alongside the track, trying to figure out how to get back to the paddock. And there were just like paparazzi and photographers everywhere while he was just walking off with his helmet on. And it was like, yikes. That was that was rough. Charles. I love and then like, you know, ESPN of course posts like the montage of all the times that Charles Leclerc's had car failure, like sitting yeah. on the side. Or like sitting with his car, like standing there looking depressed, and it's like good job, ESPN. <laughs> Sadly, there's a lot of these images that you could have used because yeah. this has happened a bit. Oh, but God, poor guy. But yeah. Anyways. That's, that's and rough. then we finished the formation lap. Charles's car is, you know, removed from the track. We don't even get through one lap. We don't even get through one corner. Turn. And it's mass freaking chaos. So Hulk, like, this is what it looked like, you know, in all of the ang- camera angles and play-by-plays. But Hulk clipped Albon, mm-hmm. who then flew into K-Mag's. K-Mag's tire went flying, and it bounced all over it bounced from Piastri's rear wing to Ricardo's rear wing and then just, like, continued to bounce around. So yeah. we have not even one turn, and we have Charles is out, Albon is out, K-Mags is out, and then it looks like Piastri and Ricardo could be out as well. So not even through one lap and five cars are potentially out. And then there's so much debris everywhere they had to red flag it because cars couldn't keep driving. Yeah. So under a red flag, you can work on the car. So, ooh, Piastri and Ricardo possibly aren't out. So they go into the garage, they get worked on, and magically they can race again. But they're lapped down. (laughs) So... I will say credit to both sets of mechanics for being able to repair the cars. So I was watching the beginning of the race at home and then my friend called me and he's like, he was asking me what was going on. And then he's like, 
do you want to come over and watch the race? So during the, um, the duration of the red flag, like I walked into his house uh, about two minutes before they were bringing them back out for the next formation lap. Um, so credit to, to that timing, that was fantastic. Um, but the fact that they were, they were able to fix not just Piastri's rear, rear wing, but also I think part of his rear suspension yeah, it was um, as well. Too. Um, like credit to them for, for getting them back out on the track, even though they were a lap down for the entire race. Like that's, yeah. it's fine. They, they needed the experience in the car. Well, and also they ended up like what P thirteen and fourteen because there were so many DNFs at the end of the day. So it's not even like they did that bad when they were a whole lap down. Yeah, um, and I don't know who it was. I think it was Crofty who was like, "I'm sure the mechanics of Ricardo and and Piastri are really glad that the uh, Brazilians are taking their time to repair this wall." <laughs> yes, they did say that. And in the back of my mind, I'm just thinking like. Are they doing this, like, on purpose, or are they just really taking their sweet time? Because normally, you try and fix things super, super quickly. I felt like it was a really long red flag, but maybe it was there was more structural damage than we actually saw, but I don't know. It was just interesting. It was funny. I think so. Because from door to door, it takes about 15 minutes to get there. We were on the phone for about six minutes. So that was a... It, I think all told, it was about, like almost a half hour of that red flag period, which is for, for a track like that with that much damage. And they were having a lot of trouble um, keeping debris off track throughout the entire weekend because yeah. there were a ton of punctures during that practice session. Um, so I, I think that they were just being really conscientious about making sure that the track was actually clean. And fortunately, we didn't have any tire failures afterwards. Yeah. Yeah, but a lot of them had to come in and switch tires during that red flag because they had um, flat spots. Yeah, yeah, lots of flat spots. And speaking of flat spots, uh, Lewis Hamilton on the restart ended up with his worst finish at Interlagos in the turbo hybrid era, um, which is just really really bad like he got overtaken by Pierre Gasly who is driving an Alpine that we are shocked if it if it finishes a race um and it it was just like you you want them to be driving forward but it felt like both Mercedes and George's and George ended up um having to to retire early um but it just it really felt like they were driving backwards it was not a good day at all for Mercedes who was who's the radio who was on the radio call when it was like where are the Mercedes? What are they doing? And their engineer came back and they were like, they're dying. I think it was Fernando. Was it Fernando? Yeah. I'm pretty sure like, it was oh Fernando. I was like, not wrong. Not wrong. No. They're, they're fading quickly. They, they faded a lot more than anyone expected, especially, you know, considering just how well they did last week in Mexico and also last year at Interlagos. Like, they well, were George, so like, good. had his, the best weekend of his entire life. He had his first career win last year at Interlagos, and this year he can't finish it because uh, his, his power unit was at the end of its life and um, the oil temperatures were, were too high to be safe, uh, yeah. which is not good, but... 
you know, we've got Lewis who is counting down the, the seconds until he no longer has to drive the W14. And I feel like he wants to drive that thing off a cliff or at least remotely drive that thing off a cliff as like some Viking send off. Um, and Toto even said that this car does not deserve a win, which is even worse than what he said about the W13 last year's car, um, which I think last year's car was significantly worse than this year's too. Um, oh, it was horrible. So the, so the fact that this car doesn't deserve a win um, really, really, really goes to show you just how unacceptable that Mercedes performance was today in, in Toto's eyes. Yeah. Oops. No, it was a rough day. Oops. 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 Hey, but they didn't, didn't double DNF like, uh, Alfa Romeo did. So that is true. Yeah. Alfa Romeo. It could have been worse. Toto (laughs) could have been worse. Oh, but you know, then we have Max who just did Max things and just is breaking every record. And I'm kind of tired of talking about Max, to be completely honest. So then but. I will mention the fact that uh, they they played a Tom Jones song on the radio um, on, on the Outlap after the race that Max started singing along to. Um, and GP basically told him not to quit his day job. So <laughs> there's that. <laughs> love their relationship it is it's so good so good so good also speaking of like music and just things that are funny did you see the brazilian grand prix like the track was already playing the dutch um yes national anthem like just testing it out earlier in the week and i was just like oh my god that's you could literally play anything to test your sound speak your sound system and we're just going to play the Dutch national anthem. Like, okay. Let's it was foreshadowing. foreshadowing. I know. Oh my gosh. But, um, yeah, I, I'm so tired of hearing that stupid song. Yeah. Anyway. But speaking of podiums, Lando had number I was seven just say, of the season. Lando is <laughs> yeah. killing it now. And, you know, coming, I think I mentioned this before, but, you know, coming from his six pit stop first race or whatever. Oh my we god! Had, yeah. Um, I did not see seven podiums for him, and he's had several, you know, P twos as well. And I think he did really good um, on the start and the restart. I think he got away really well. I think that he's his first start was fantastic. Yeah, and I think um, he kind of scared Max a little bit with his, you know, yeah. potentially passing take you know overtaking and then max was like oh i can't be on cruise control completely i actually have to race and he was like see i'm gonna win by you know 20 seconds again whatever but lando really stretched his lead in front of p3 um p3 did tend to change throughout the race but lando was way far ahead so he's really cruising in the in the mclaren um piastri had a rough day rough weekend for piastri yeah, I think that one of the, the big reasons why they, they kept Piastri out on the track, um, even though he was really struggling and was, you know, really driving a broken car, um, was that he had never driven at Interlagos before. This was right. a brand it's new track practice. to him. Yeah. yeah, it was it was getting him experience on the track. Um they he and Ricardo both had a ton of overtakes. If you if you watched um like the race detail, um I have F1 uh, TV in front of me, and so if you have that up, they'll show you where people are on track and you could really see that Ricardo and Piastri were really in the middle of things where they would have been, you know, somewhere near the points had they not been a lap down. So that was yeah. really great experience and it's it's always really important, you know, since Ricardo missed five races and ha- didn't race ha- the first half of the season. So the more time he has in the car, the better that's going to be for Alfatari as well. 
Right, yeah. I had um, someone ask me, like, why are they racing if they're a lap down? Like, what's the point? And it's like, well, Piastri's still a rookie. We have to remember that. The more experience in a car he has, the better. Like you said, he's never raced in Brazil. This is a great experience for him. And Danny, just getting back in the car, getting, you know, as comfortable with the Alphatari as possible, not having raced for half the year and then being out, it's it's just good for him to, to be in that position. So, yeah. But if it was someone who really, really, really was out of it, you know, maybe they would not have acted the same way. Um, if they didn't need the experience, if the car was just not working, you know, like maybe a Botas, let's say. He's been who did several, retire. Who did retire. <laughs> but that but was due to a technical issue. That was due to a technical issue. But yeah, so maybe in that situation, if there's just absolutely no way for him to make it up and get into the points and they just don't want to risk anything happening with the car, maybe they don't. But for those two, you know, they kept him out there, so... Yeah, and also really quick about George's retirement, Ted Kravitz made a comment um, about maybe they're retiring his car because they're embarrassed about his about about the car's performance, and it was just like that was probably one of the most savage things Ted Kravitz has ever said on a broadcast. Yeah, that one was brutal. Yeah. Besides and, them like making fun of Machine Gun Kelly all day, um, <laughs> yeah. that was that was pretty Fair. brutal. That yeah, that brutal. that that gridwalk interview was it was just I felt so bad for Martin, who's like trying to ha- like ask this this man questions. And MGK is just off in La La Land and he didn't even stay for the end of the race. Well, no, Crofty was like, oh, yeah, that guy that you were talking to, you know, whatever. He uh, he just left. He just said toodaloo. And he's like, so, you know, apparently he doesn't want to see the whole racer even be here. God, so wild. So wild. Um, And then going to P3, it was Alonzo, but it was almost Perez, almost Checo. Um, This is what I would say is as close to a photo finish that we get in F1. It was a super exciting, you know, sprint to the finish, if you will. Yeah. it was really exciting to see, and it's really exciting to see, like, Fernando still in that super competitive stride, even though he is, you know, so old, and we did have another, you know, how old is Alonzo moment, where they're like, it's yeah. been so many days since his last podium, and his, so many days since his last win, and, but, you know, we just say that because... It's still possible because <laughs> he's well, this still was his, It was his first Interlagos podium in ten years. Yeah, so, there's that like, too. It, it's it's been a minute, but that like I, I said this at the beginning of the episode in the hot lap, but like it really the the camera angles did not show just how close those cars were. Like you really had to see in pictures just yeah. how close they were to the to the line. Yeah, it's wild. I don't know. Um, but yeah, it was a really good fight between the two of them. And I know you wanted it, the fight to be between Lewis and Checo, but Lewis's car just was not 
going to be hey this this did help with with Checo's fight with Lewis um so I will take that um and I just I loved what what Checo and Fernando both said like obviously check out Checo came out on the 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 low end of things finishing in p4 um but they both had so much respect for each other and for that fight and like um Fernando was like I didn't really expect that it was a great fight you know he's they both said that they were great drivers they were hugging in the media pen um so it was it was it was that's the exact type of 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 you know wheel to wheel racing that you want to see in in formula one no matter if it's for p1 or the last spot on the podium or you know even p10 like you want that excitement no definitely definitely so with checo getting p4 Mm -hmm. he is now in a really good spot to clinch p2 in vegas yeah, I I don't know numbers wise exactly what he needs to do versus Lewis, um, but he's up thirty two points right now, um, so he does have a pretty decent margin to kind of put it away in Vegas, which I think Red Bull would love to be able to celebrate that in you know under the light of Moritz Catherine under the lights in Vegas. Um, well, also but it's, it's Christian's birthday that weekend too. Ooh, also that it's his fiftieth birthday. Which is oh my gosh, wild! I know that that's that that would be quite the, quite the birthday present. But but yeah, this this was it, it wasn't a, a Lewis v Checo type of fight. But as somebody who is kind of okay to see Lewis struggle. That worked in my favor. Yeah, I'm sure every Brazilian loves that. But um, yeah, the the Brazilians are probably you know a little the honorary upset. Brazilian Lewis Hamilton. I still don't understand yeah. that, but it is what it is. It's it's because um, Senna is one of his like fa- favorite heroes, drivers and was whatever. one is one of his heroes and Lewis is one of the greatest Formula One drivers in the history of the sport and you know the the Brazilian fan base has just really latched onto him so let's why not make him a citizen make him a citizen why not I want to yeah. be a citizen of somewhere else I'm like a technically a, well not technically I am a resident of Argentina but yeah. I am not a citizen. Yeah. Anyway, yeah. let's dive into our uh, predictions of, of the weekend, which were an interesting bag, so to speak. Yeah, I, I'm going to go ahead and say we didn't do great. Just no blanket statement. We uh, somehow are doing worse, <laughs> not better on these. It's like we never watched an F1 race before. Well, I think it also doesn't help our case that we do these recordings on Wednesday, so I know. we don't see any of, like, qualifying or sprint we see qualifying. Nothing. And I think I go into these with, like, the highest of hopes for, you know, everything. A little bit, and yeah. I don't go into this as realistically as, you know, I would if I had a lot of money on the line, so it's just for fun. Yeah. Um, oh, God, sprint predictions. So sprint poll was Lando, which was great for Lando, but again... Uh, the sprint shootout three, uh, session three, whatever they want to call it, was so boring. Yeah. Um, you had Carlos, I had Oscar. You, so so had, you had a McLaren. I had a McLaren, just the wrong McLaren. And then for podium, it was Max, Lando, Checo. And you had this besides Lando. You had Max, Carlos, yeah. Perez. And I had Max, Carlos, Oscar. 
So, you know, we called Max winning, but uh, we did okay. And then for Sprint P8, it was Carlos. Which none of us expected. That was not expected because we both put him as P2. Um, You had Hulk and I had Yuki, so we were not close on that either. Oops. (laughs) Oops. And then Sunday, for Pole, it was Max. You put Max, and I put Lewis, who, (laughs) that was absolutely not happening. No. And then for Podium, we both had Lewis as P2. Um, but it was Max, Lando, Fernando, and we, it was, you had Max, Lewis, Perez, and I had Max, Lewis, Carlos. So just not. No. No. And then Sunday, P10. You um, got it. it. Ocon, which I got. I think this is the first P10 that I got. And you put Alonzo, and this is what we talked about. (laughs) Oh, we can only choose Alonzo for P10 because McLaren, or because Aston Martin's going so backwards. Um, oops, oops. So, and then I would say for biggest surprise and who's going to do a dumb, I think we pretty much nailed these. I said Checo yeah. was going to have a clean weekend, which he did. Mm-hmm. And you said that Perez and Hamilton are going to put on a good show and Perez did. Hamilton, I think was like trying, but nah. failed. And then, who's going to do a dumb? We both said <laughs> Ferrari. And yeah. Yeah. That was, that was true. Yeah. You can't, get your, you can't get your car to finish a formation lap, and your other driver is mad about his clutch. Yeah. Oops. So, you know, maybe they'll make some tweaks to the car. We've got two weeks. Maybe Carlos will be happy with his clutch by Vegas. Who knows? But... Mm-hmm. Yeah. Anyways, all in all, I thought this was a really entertaining race. Again, with it being a shorter, faster lap, with there being a lot of room for overtaking. Um, I do like Interlagos. I think it's a great track. I'm really glad that we have it for several more seasons. And, you know, it'll be interesting. I hope they keep this as a sprint track for next season. Um like I said, this is the most entertaining sprint I think we've had just because there is oh, yeah. room for overtaking. So I, as much as I hate to say it, don't mind this track being a sprint sprint weekend. So those yeah. are my I, I can I can live with it. And I, I also I appreciate and I know that, you know, obviously Lewis's performance was, you know, the car, not the driver. Um, but I, I do appreciate that Perez was able to take advantage of that. Like he very easily could have, you know, performed the same way he's been performing most of the this season and just been, you know, middle of the pack, you know, having a really anonymous race. So the fact that he is stepping it up like he's been expected to, um, I, I really appreciate. And it is making the the exciting race for P2 that I am looking for that hopefully will go in the favor of the driver that I want it to go in favor for. What if Lewis wins Vegas and Perez double DNFs in Vegas? <laughs> uh, then I will, I don't know, eat my shoe. I don't know. We'll, we'll, we'll see. Um, you heard it here. She's going to eat her shoe. <laughs> Has anyone ever double DNF'd in a one, one season? More than, um, more than once. I, I don't think so. Oh, my gosh. 
I also didn't even, even know the last time we had f- six cars not finish a race, you know, I counting know, Charles, not, not starting. It's, I it's honestly, been a minute. I honestly think Vegas is going to be a shit show. Oh, yeah. 100%. I think it's going to be a shit show. And like, we will talk bad. about every every minute of every every incident that we uh, get our get our information of, um, and uh, good good luck to us for for that race weekend. Oh my gosh, I know. So coming up next, we are going to. I know we've been teasing this for a really long time, but I have finally had a second to finish. The book. So we are going to do a recap and kind of talk through um, Gunther Steiner's book, Surviving to Drive, um, which will come out next Monday. So we don't have a race weekend, uh, race this weekend. So we won't have a predictions podcast on Thursday, but we will have uh, the Gunther book recap um, book club on Monday. And then we go to Vegas that weekend. So we will still have our predictions pod coming out on Thursday, Thursday morning, even though free practice starts on Thursday instead of Friday, we'll still have our podcast coming out on Thursday morning for you guys to listen to before everything starts. Maybe, you know, doing everything one day sooner, we'll get our, our predictions in a better spot. Highly doubt it. I doubt it. But maybe, maybe, maybe. Um, but that's what we have coming up for y'all. That has been the podcast. Thanks for going off track with us, guys.